Good afternoon, Regeneration. How are you today? Happy July the 4th, right? Well, would you stand with me? You know, in Thessalonians, First uh, Thessalonians 5, the scripture says, Rejoice always. Always. Pray constantly. And give thanks. For God said, this is the will he has for you. So today, you have a purpose for being here. Today, all my online people, we love you. We thank you for being with us. You have a purpose in the life of Regeneration Nashville. Press in today because God's got a word for you. He's got a word for the house. So let's pray together. Father, we come into your presence with grateful hearts today for what you have given to us. We know that all good things come from you. We enter into your presence with grateful hearts, with our hands open and our hands lifted. God, you have blessed us abundantly. You have blessed us in both heaven and earth, and we praise you today for that. God, we pray that you will meet the needs of the people, that you will bless the people today, and we give you our highest praise. Can we just praise him today? Praise him. We praise you, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing. Amen. Turn your hearts to the flag. Turn your hearts to the flag. Where is the flag? Come on, Rob. If you will, place your hand over your heart as we pledge allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Give the Lord a hand of praise. stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly
Amen. Have you come ready to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords? Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, he's here.
Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh Lord, we pour it out.
lift up your hands today in this house. Come on and just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Lord, you are our defender. We thank you. The Lord is my shepherd. He goes before me. He goes before me. Defender behind me.
can we just take a moment here? Come on and just trust Him. We bless you, Lord. We trust you, Jesus. Thank you for your presence. Come on, church, press in a moment. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. just bless him. Thank you, Lord, that you're here in this place. We bless you, oh God. Hallelujah. Holy, 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 holy. We join our voice with the angels and say, holy, holy, holy.
I believe this is what heaven sounds like.
say amen amen oh Jesus we feel you in this place oh Jesus come on church come on church hallelujah 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 come on he's here he's here he's here he's here He's here, he's here. Don't leave the same way you came. Don't leave the same way you came. Ooh, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. One more time. Come on, lift our voices to the King of Heaven. Lift our voices to the King of Heaven. What an awesome job today. Powerful, powerful, powerful. My, we are so glad that you are here today. This first Sunday of the month, we always take communion. So get your elements. You that are online, get a piece of bread, a cracker, some juice, and join us. If you just remain standing, we're going to... Uh, we're going to take our communion together. Well, I've had so many things running over in my mind. Uh, it's just sometimes it's hard to narrow it down. But you're glad that you're in this room today. You're very glad you're in this room today. I don't think that the Lord could have given us anything more precious or powerful than what I like to call the meal of the kingdom. He gives us his body and gives us an opportunity to participate in it. Uh, Jesus, help me here. I want to tell a story so bad, but you've been standing up. Yeah, y'all. Just real quick. Because I, it's a part of this house. It goes back even to, to Joshua when he would lead communion. He'd talk about a man by the name of John G. Lake, who was a missionary evangelist to Africa. He founded the Apostolic Faith Mission. Because of that, Sub-Sahara is the most evangelized part of the world. But get this. He left there, and he went to a place called Spokane, Washington. 
and established in that place what they called healing rooms that people would come in and get prayer for. I want you to think about it. Spokane, Washington. Somebody I know in this room is from Washington that has a mantle of healing resting upon him. Are you listening to me? So I'm declaring in this room today, I want you by faith, I I just sense the power of the Holy Spirit flowing in this room. I'm declaring this room a healing room right now. I said I'm declaring it a healing room right now. You're in by by way of the camera. You're in a healing room right now in this place. And we're declaring, can't help but two things today. First of all, we've got a, we've got a nation that's sin sick that needs healed. And so by faith, we're going to take this on behalf of our nation today. Can we do that? But then not only that, I felt so strong in my spirit today that nobody's going to get left out on healing in this room. So we take these elements. Lord Jesus, we take this element of bread today in faith, in full confidence that your broken body heals our broken lives and heals every disease. I declare healing over every affliction in Jesus' name. On behalf of this bread, receive that now. I'm not going to part two till we thank him for part one. Come on. Thank him for it right now. Thank him for it. I, my goodness. We could start calling out diseases as being healed right now. Mm. Now, open that, open the cup. Because this, Jesus declared, is my blood of the new covenant. I don't know where you've been today in the past, but right now, we're refreshing the covenant. The covenant, the covenant that redeems us, that redeems us from every sin, redeems us, redeems us from the power of the enemy and causes us, according to Revelation 12, to be an overcomer. Father, we lift this cup. We thank you for the blood of your son. We receive it in his holy name. Now receive the cup. Now can you thank him one more time? King of heaven, we honor you. King of glory, we honor you. King of kings, we honor you today. Come on, put your hands together and bless the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Man, our church honors honors that right there. I don't know another church that does communion quite like our church. You can be seated, and, and, and I love that. I was in uh, Psalms chapter 34 today. How many know that you can, you can read stuff and not really see it, but when God wants you to see it, he'll point it out to you. And I was, I was reading today, and there was just, just this one little verse, and it stuck out to me, and it said, this poor man cried out 
And God heard him and rescued him out of all of his troubles. And I just, man, as soon as I read that, I just had to stop and it's just been stirring in my spirit. Because how many, how many of you have been in situations where you've been in the midst of your troubles, not that they're coming, not God, this deadline is about to be here. God, what if this happens? But it's already here. It's already come upon me. I'm in the midst of it. It's all I see surrounding me. And you cry out to God and God hears your prayer and he rescues you out of the midst of it. I, I, I've grown up in a godly home. I've had the privilege to hear my, my mom and pops pray a good bit in the house. And, and I remember I, 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 sometimes I would wake up and I would hear, I would hear the cry coming out of our home. And there would be this situation or that situation, but God would always come through. When, when they struggled with their house, God came through. When they struggled with Joshua and he was living in sin and I heard the cry go out and out and out and out day after day, year after year it just it was the cry of our home, it permeated and God heard it and rescued us out of it and so I love it because there's no stipulation, it can be the cry of praise, it can be the cry of anguish, it can be the cry of a mother's heart for her child it doesn't it doesn't stipulate but if you will cry out before the before the Lord and, and, and you will make your praise heard. He will incline his ear and he will listen to you. And even if it's already come upon you, he will pull you out of the midst of it. And what I love about my God is he the, he's the God of abundance. I tell my youth all the time, I say, I want you, if, if you learn one thing, I want you to know God's character. And that is he is good and he is for you. And so when he hears your cry and he pulls you out of your troubles, God can't stop there. It's his heart. And when his heart is moved for you, he goes above and beyond, and he will honor you. I think it's Psalms 92. It says he will rescue you from the snare, and he will honor you. And so cry out to the Lord and watch. He will move in your situation. If you want to stand to your feet today, we'll turn our hearts to giving. Because I am a tither and a giver, the windows of heaven are open to me, and God rebukes the devourer for my sake. I am blessed financially and receive a blessing that I cannot contain. I choose to sow cheerfully and bountifully, knowing I will reap bountifully. He makes me the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. The blessings of God are chasing me and overtaking me me because God loves to see me prosper. I am believing him for advancements, God ideas, blessings and increases, financial freedom and breakthroughs. Amen. Ushers, you may serve the people. Hello, Regeneration Nashville. Happy Independence Weekend. Aren't you thankful for our civil, civil liberties? Uh, I just wondered if we have any veterans here with us today. Any veterans, would you stand and let us honor you, our veterans? Yeah, amen. We thank God for you. We thank God for you. Amen. So I'm going to go one step further because I know that our men and women uh, of the military, they make a great sacrifice, but so does their family. I want military families to stand. And let us honor the military families. If, you're, if you have had a loved one in the military, yeah, amen. Thank you. Thank you so much. God bless you.
I thank God for our civil liberties and the liberty that Jesus Christ paid for at the cross of Calvary. Aren't you thankful for that? That we have emancipation. Hallelujah. So I just want to remind you that we are in um, Christmas in July. This is July. And uh, so y'all are going to have to go a long way to meet this guy right here because I want to show you something. I got a call this week from Roy Gill. Where is Roy? Stand up, Roy. This brother right here drives all the way from Kentucky every Sunday to church. But hold on. He called me this week, and he, had, he said, I just uh, got a deal on 50 brand-new toys. He said some of, one of those dolls had a price tag of $49 on it, and this brother brought 50 toys for Christmas in July. We love you. Thank you. So I just want to remind you that if you're, you know, some of these grocery stores have little shopping areas that have little toys and things. And so if you will, just remember the 7,000 children a week that we serve. And we want to make sure that this coming December, December we have an amazing uh, Christmas for them. And so we don't want any child uh, left out this Christmas holiday. So if you can remember right here in July while you're shopping around, if you would just pick up a toy. So I've got something so wonderful and so exciting to tell you. We are starting a new ministry in this church. We have so many people ask me, do you have a prayer call line, a prayer call center where we can call and have prayer and get prayer for sickness and what whatever and you know what that is a very very important need in the body of Christ and so I need volunteers who will step up to the plate and pray on the phone with people who are who call in with sicknesses family issues uh, depression uh, suicidal tendencies those kinds of things if you will donate your time but we are having a, a gathering Gathering on the uh, July the 13th. July the 13th. And uh, for if you've been through the new members class and you would like to uh, serve in Regeneration Nashville, please come July the 13th to 535 Brick Church Park Drive uh, area and um, uh, warehouse. And we're going to have an orientation and get you plugged in to using your gifts and your callings in this season in the body of Christ. So I'd love to have you volunteer to do that. So, uh, so I met some wonderful people. I met some wonderful people that have tra traveled from out of state. And I just want to recognize you. First of all, this is so funny. You're going to love this. But I met so many people from Ohio. There, there must have been a clarion call up in Ohio to come to Nashville, to Regeneration Nashville. So I said, well, do y'all know each other? And they said, no, we just met since we got here. But I want my Ohio visitors to stand. Would Ohio stand up? We bless you. We honor you. Thank you for being here. God bless you, Ohio. We got Toledo, Cleveland, uh, Cincinnati, all different areas of Ohio. So we honor you. Thank you for being here. So I also met Arizona. Would Arizona stand up and let us welcome you? Can we welcome you? Amen. God bless you. Thank you, Houston. Thank you. Uh, so I met uh, Alabama. Did I meet Alabama? Where's Alabama? Stand up, Alabama. Let us welcome you. We're glad you're here. Amen. Amen. 
So after that, I'm lost. Who else do we have? Oh, yes. How could I forget? Canada. Stand up. Edmonton, Canada. We honor you. Oh, my goodness. Wait, wait, wait. Where are you from? Toronto and Edmonton. Well, there was a clarion call in Canada, too, then, I guess. We're honored to have you. God bless you. We're so thankful to have you here at Regeneration Nashville. God bless you both. So who, oh, I know what I want to tell you. We have some people here who are missionaries to China, and they're going back to China in two weeks. But we are so honored to have missionaries from China, and we honor you. Would you stand and let us welcome you? We, we honor you. God bless you. Just, just beautiful people, and they invited me to come over. And so I'm going to try to get over there with you. I'm so excited about that. Anybody else that I'm missing? Oh, Missouri. Where is it, Missouri? Stand up, Missouri, and let us welcome you. God bless you. And Illinois. Where was Illinois? Uh, Illinois. Stand up, Illinois. Oh, my goodness. Look at that. There was a clarion call in Illinois, too. Do you all know each other? No, you don't. Well, God bless you. We're honored to have you here. Anybody else? Kentucky. Stand up, Kentucky. Stand up, Kentucky. God bless you. I beg your pardon. South Carolina. Stand up, South Carolina. Let us welcome you. God bless you. Did I hear Michigan? Where's Michigan? Stand up, Michigan. God bless you. We're glad to have you here. Anybody else from out of state? New Mexico? Well, stand up. God bless you. We're honored to have you. Did I hear somebody else? California? Where's California? Stand up, California. Wow. <laughs> wow. God bless you. We're so happy to have you here. Anybody else? No. Okay. Well, I'm just so glad that our Regeneration Nashville, anybody from Regeneration Nashville in the house? <laughs> yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, I just love you so much. I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit in this place. We had such a breakthrough in that prayer room today. If you weren't in there, you missed it because it just seemed like we were just, just, I don't, I, just doing warfare in the heavenlies, and then all of a sudden, all of heaven opened up. So I just want you to know that you came here for a purpose and a reason, and God wants to change your life and bless you today, and you will leave differently than you came in Jesus' name. God bless you. We wave high the flag of freedom as a patriotic reminder to never take our independence for granted. Fireworks explode into the night sky, lighting up the darkness, reminding us of our nation's calling in the world. One nation under God. We look into the sky and remember that for all the freedom we have to celebrate, we must never forget our dependence on God. It was by His hand we were afforded our independence. So we might stand for liberty, remembering He set us free from the bondage of sin. So we might stand for justice, for the Lord loves justice, and He will not forsake His saints. So we might stand for freedom, because we know that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. 
We thank you, God, for the beautiful gift of our country. May we always depend on you to sustain us. Amen. I never take for granted being born in the United States of America. In the only nation, to my knowledge, that has ever picked Jesus. So that means there's a divine favor and covenant upon us. And um, as we were singing hallelujah or alleluia unto the Lord in the spirit of worship, I, I began to think about what it would be like when we first get to heaven and we see the Lord on the throne, Jesus is on the throne, and um, there's no hindrances. And everybody that's there has been redeemed and is in love with Christ. But uh, I thought what it must going to be like when we're on our knees and we have our hands raised and we look to our right and there's Samuel and there's Apostle Paul with his hands raised and he's worshiping God and, and there's David and uh, there's Ezekiel and, and all of these men and women that down through history have played such a vital role in our acquiring knowledge about God and yet here they are, they're on their knees with us because there is no more time, and they're praising God. And, and to be able to see that's going to be an amazing thing. Uh, <clears throat> yesterday in, in our prayer, thank you for all of you that came to prayer meeting yesterday morning, a wonderful turnout. Um, God, I, I had something else, and, and on this platform as I was walking, God began to drop this message in my spirit. And so we're going to read from two different texts. We're going to start out in the book of Genesis, and we're going to start with um, chapter 6, and then we're going to turn over to um, the book of Luke, chapter 17. And we are also going to read there. God bless you for honoring. Um, I'm going to tell you what, when you honor people, something happens. And when we stand here and we honor God like this for the word of the Lord, it means that God is going to fulfill the word of the Lord. So out of the book of Genesis, chapter 6, in verse 5, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, not small, but very great, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. You don't think about God's having his heart grieved very often, do you? It grieved his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I've created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping things and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me, or I am sorry that I made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And then verse 11, the earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. Now we're going to go over to the book of Luke in chapter 17 and verse 26. 
And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. And then he's talking about how it was in Noah's day. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. And then verse 28, likewise also as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded, but on the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Now, Lord, I thank you, Holy Ghost, for the word that not only is in our spirits, but you are the author of this book. I ask you, Lord, that you would reveal to us what you have put in my spirit in even a greater way. Let there be an unfolding, God, and an understanding settle upon thy people in this building and around the earth that are listening to the word of the Lord being released today. I pray, God, that virtue would be put in us by way of revelation. Now, Lord, we thank you for what you're going to do in this service. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You could be seated. When we read this verse, this is in Luke 17, Jesus begins to speak, and he says, let me tell you that when I come back, the environment and the setting and the climate spiritually and politically and economically is going to be like it was in Noah's day. Now, there have been many cataclysmic events down through history that we have read about and that if the name of it's mentioned, our mind immediately is attracted to that moment. And yet out of all of the events that have occurred down through time that have altered the history of man and his cultures, God steps back to Genesis chapter 5 and he extracts a portion of time, and he uses that to illustrate what it's going to be like when he comes back. And I thought, God, why would, out of all the things that you could have referenced, of all the places that you could have extracted descriptions from to tell us what the coming of the Lord would be like, why would you pick that moment? Because it is the only other moment that has ever globally affected mankind. Even in Jerusalem or other events down through time, they were isolated to a geographical area or they were isolated to a continent. But they did not change the world. And so the Lord said, when I get ready to come back, it is not just in one city or in one particular nation or on one continent. He said, but it is going to globally affect the earth, that every eye shall see him. 
that the trumpet shall sound around the world and at one moment man shall be aware that something has happened that is transforming the destiny of the human race. We have, with all that we have been through in the last few years, since 2020, there has been so much that has occurred and for the first time, we would have to probably agree with this assessment. The COVID was the first time that anything has globally affected the world. Whether you're in Ghana or you're in India, or you're in Belize, or you're in Australia, or whether you're in London, or you're in Seattle, whether it does not matter where you were, it didn't matter where you went, somebody was touched. Everybody wore a mask. Everywhere churches were shut down. It was a global event. Why? Because the enemy will always try to stop what God's going to do by counterfeiting it before God can ever do what he's going to do. And he recognized there is something in the atmosphere that's getting ready to be released that's going to shake the foundations of hell. So I'm going to have to do something first that I can try to affect the earth globally to stop what God is going to do. And so out of that, unless you are walking by the Spirit, there has been a heaviness and a despair and a discouragement that has settled into the earth. And people don't have the same kind of hope they used to have. People don't have the same kind of excitement about life that they used to have because we've had our jobs stolen and we had businesses collapsed and we've had relatives and loved ones die from the coronavirus. We've lost liberties until we've wondered God and we hear whoremongers talking about it, that everything is getting ready to happen and, and it's going to get worse and worse and worse. But I got good news for you. Hallelujah. The Bible says, I am coming back. And he said, it's not going to be doom and gloom. We hear everybody talking about, well, you better store up and get water and because business is going to be shut down and no jobs and no electricity and all hell's going to break loose. But Jesus referenced Noah's day because he said life was going on. They were marrying. They were giving in marriage. They were eating. They were drinking. They were going to work. They were partying. They were having a good time. That doesn't sound like me that everything had dropped out. And the Lord said, when I come back, it will be as if it was in the days of Noah. So I want to go back and reference it just a little bit of things that begin to turn over my spirit about Noah's day. When God looks down, he sees where there is such sin and debauchery that is loose in the earth that it has exhausted the mercy of the Lord. 
When you can exhaust the long-suffering of God, you have went way beyond normalcy. When God finally says, I'm sorry I did this, because his mercy endures forever to those who love him. But the enemy pushed God to the limits till finally he said, I'm done. And then it says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. This final coming of God, I believe that we are in the very womb of what God is getting ready to do. See, the enemy likes to isolate. There are extraordinary men around the world that are doing things we never hear about. There's a pastor right now in Africa that has 500,000 people in his church. He did communion, and he had 164,000 people take communion. He has 11,000 staff members. But we don't hear about that because the enemy doesn't want us to hear about that. But see, God is up to something by the Spirit of the Lord. And so the Lord goes back and he says, it's going to be like Noah's day. In Noah's day. And so I want to, I want to give you a mindset here because if you're not careful, you'll lose hope. If you're not careful, you'll buy into what the news is saying. And what the enemy wants to do is to get the Christian to lose, to give up, to throw in the towel. I got a, a card while, a few weeks ago, and it said, too bad, Kent Christmas, it's too late. I've already taken over everything. Sign, your servant, Satan. I thought, well, there's a mistake, because you just said you're my servant. So I got authority over you. <clears throat> you should have said, your adversary, your enemy, you just made yourself my servant. And he shall give his angels charge over you. And I will put Satan under your feet. So I declare by the word of the Lord that we are not. It is not over. Hallelujah, you've had your day. It is the hour of the church by the spirit of the Lord. God references Noah because he wants us to understand some things. That just because it looks hopeless and gloomy does not mean that God is not in control. Because in Noah's day, when you read the scriptures, it said there wasn't any godliness. That the imagination of men was continually evil. That everywhere it was just horrible. Not only that, it said that violence filled the land. So the Lord says, when I get ready to come back, it's going to look like sin is out of control. And everywhere you turn, there's going to be violence. Sounds like our day. You can't watch it. When I was a kid and you watched the news and Walter Cronkite, it was up, uplifting stuff. 
You watch the news now, and on 2nd Street, 7-Eleven was just robbed, and one person was killed. Over on Highway 55, there was a head-on collision, and nine people are dead, and a drunk driver was involved. And over in the mall, there was a mass shooting, and out in Omaha or somewhere else, there was another school shooting. And cancer's on the rise, and there's just been another discovery of the number virus. That's what you hear. Hallelujah, but a good report maketh the bones fat. That's why you got to go back and get in the word of the Lord. That when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord raises up a standard against it. And darkness cannot comprehend the power of God. That's why you need to be in church. To God be the glory for the things that he has done. My God, I take authority today over every demonic stronghold in this nation and in the earth globally and I loose the anointing of God upon the earth. He is in control. So instead of moaning the blues about how bad it is, rejoice in the fact that it's declaring that he's on his way. So God begins to speak to Noah says, and Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And then God begins to speak to him, and he said, Noah, he said, I'm wiping everything out. He said, but I'm going to spare you, and I want you to build an ark. And he said, I'm going to let it rain on the earth. So God begins to speak things that Noah's not familiar with. Number one, it had never rained. And yet God says he's going to do it, and Noah's thinking, what is rain? And the other thing is that Noah doesn't know what an ark is. And God can't say, you know, those things that are floating around out there, go build one of them. Noah has no idea what they are, and so God actually has to give him a blueprint of what it is. And I don't know how God downloaded this to him, but when he got done and Noah's sitting at the kitchen table at these blueprints, he's going, wow, this is, this is really big. And God says, but you can do it. What God is entrusting us with, hallelujah. Before we're done, Regeneration Nashville is going to run in the thousands. Hallelujah. Daily, when we, when we have services, ambulances, will, you will see them coming in, and they will be bringing people that are sick, and we will have to have them line up, and we will bring them on the platform, and God will heal them by the power of the Lord. Media, social media, and secular media is going to ask, can they come stand on our platforms and film what God is doing? That's going to make the devil so mad. you got to think, hallelujah. Listen, there's an ark in our future. There's some rain getting ready to come. Why? Because God said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. That means, God said, I'm getting ready to do it again. But see, 
this time, God is not dealing with creating. He's dealing with judging, judgment. And so, Genesis 2 says that in six days, God created the earth in men. And then it says, so God looked at it and he saw it was good and he rested from his works. So when God begins to bring judgment, he's doing it from a position of rest. Say, well, I don't know about that. He picked Noah, and Noah's name means rest. Why? Because rest is the visible sign of faith. How did God create the earth? By faith. And God said, and it was. And God said, and it was. Speaking things that are not as though they were. Hebrews, the worlds that we know were framed by the word of God. So what God is saying, that in this hour that I'm going to begin to deal with humanity on the earth, I'm going to bring it from an epicenter of a man who has faith and he knows how to rest in God. Why? Because Noah, if you don't stay in rest for the next several decades it's going to mess you up with what I'm going to put on you and after 10 years of building the ark and if Noah did not understand rest he would have given up may God loose a faith realm of rest upon you that you stop being overwhelmed by the vision that God has put on you but you step up and say I'm not worried about this we had a staff meeting this week and we were talking about all the millions of dollars that we need to get ready to pay out. And I said, God's going to pay for it. Linda said, I knew he was going to say that. (laughs) If whatever God empowers us to do with vision, it will always be beyond our ability. And so if you don't learn, hallelujah, to do the vision of God from the posture of rest, you will quit in the middle of the vision. And so you have to learn, hallelujah, to allow the spirit of faith to come up in you. That when dilemmas come and needs come and a million dollar bill comes in, you just say, that's God's problem. Except the Lord build the house. They that build the house labor in vain. You cannot get upset about it. So, you know, when I was a kid in Sunday school, they always told us it took Noah 120 years to build the ark. That's not true. If you go back to the scriptures, there's too many different clues that give, it doesn't give a specific name or a date, time. But we know that when God spoke to Noah, he was 500 years old. And we know that when he went into the ark and it started raining, he was six years old. We know that he fathered Shem when he was 502. And we know that Shem had a son two years after the flood would have made Shem 102. We know this, that when Noah went into the ark, he had three sons that were grown. And they were married. 
So if Noah starts at 502, and then he has three sons that are now fully grown and are married, it's very possible that he's up somewhere around 530 years. And so it's somewhere, if God sticks to patterns, it probably took 70 years to build the ark because seven is God's complete number. I don't want to have to do that 70 years. Now, the, the encouraging thing is next year I'm 70. So there's no telling what God's getting ready to do. And God preserves our youth. So here he is, and God is speaking to him. And in this, in this setting, he's representing faith. He's walking in faith. His environment is nobody's coming to church. There's nothing ever in the scriptures, in the, in the story of Genesis, that there were a whole bunch of people that came over to Noah and said, we like your vision. How can we help you build your boat? Not one person according, and I really think if there was, it had probably been put in the Bible. And Noah had uh, uh, an army of men that came up and they cut timbers and they did all of this and they built that thing in 10 years together. It didn't happen that way. It's him and his boys. There are going to be seasons when it's just you and a few that are pushing the vision of God ahead. I can tell you from experience that most of my ministry was not with a crowd but it was a handful of people and the only way my wife and I made it is that we walked from the position of rest. We had a word from God that said one day we were going to shake the nations by the power of God. I got a word from the Lord for you today that the best is yet to come by the spirit of the Holy Ghost. It doesn't matter how bad it looks. It doesn't matter how much violence is in the land. It doesn't matter how much sin is in the earth. God said that is the earmark. I'm getting ready to do something by the Holy Ghost. So here we are. We're close to the coming of the Lord. As they get ready to finish this ark, the Lord says that, um, tells Noah, he said, leave the door open for a week when you get done. That is the last ditch effort of mercy. God was just simply telling everybody, you didn't build it, you didn't serve me, but if you change your mind, Come on in. And not one person came in. You better be tough and thick-skinned if you're going to be a promoter of the gospel. Serving God is not for the faint of heart. Hell's going to come after you with every trick up its sleeve. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. Amen. 
Upon this rock will I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Hallelujah. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. When am I in trouble? Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For he shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou shalt dash thy foot against the stone. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He may Maketh me to lie down in green pastures, and he leadeth me beside the still water. He prepareth the table before me in the presence of my enemies. I will never leave thee, and I will never forsake thee. If you call upon me, I am a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. When I saw him, hallelujah, he was high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple, and the angels cried, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. So the Lord tells him, he says, get in the boat. And this is really where I want to lead up to because I believe that positionally we're past building the ark because that is decades long and the Lord's saying that I'm coming quickly. So you and I are being postured in the spirit realm for a pretty immediate return of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is why we are seeing all of these things that we are seeing in the natural realm because the devil of Revelation 12 says he hath come down in great wrath knowing he hath but a short time. Washington State just passed a law that if your child wants to be a, in transgender and you don't want them to, then the state can take your child without telling you and doesn't have to tell you where they are, and they will perform a transgender operation on them, and they don't have to give their child back. I forget which other state it is. They just passed a law that if you don't address a transgender by their identifying name, pronoun, that <clears throat> you can be arrested and serve up to five years in prison and be fined how much? Up to, to $5,000 because here comes somebody that is a man that has went through some type of procedure and they're going to stick us in prison because we're not an idiot. I'm sorry, that stuff just frustrates the heck out of me. It's the hour that we're in. And God said, instead of getting your eyes on the environment, you need to remember as it was. Why would God reference that? He said, because if you don't understand that when it's really rough, it's when I'm coming back. That when it looks like it's impossible and it's over, God said, that's when I'm getting ready to split the clouds of glory and I'm coming back in the anointing of deliverance for my people.
So God brings him into the ark. And then the Bible says that judgment is released. That the earth, not only does it start raining, but the Bible said the earth opens up and the fountains of the deep begin to come up out of the ground and the waters begin to come out of the heavens and they begin to converge on each other. And Noah is inside of what one scripture talks about. He built his own salvation. You know what you and I have been doing? Don't, don't ever get into this saying, I'm not successful because there are no visible markers to declare that I am a success. If you have served God and you are full of the Holy Ghost and you are faithful and you walk by faith, you have built yourself salvation that when judgment begins to come upon the earth, hallelujah, something will begin to happen for you by the anointing. So you got water coming from top and you got water coming from bottom and it is judgment to the wicked but it is deliverance to Noah. In Habakkuk chapter 2 I believe it, it says this as the waters cover the sea so when God gets ready to come back, so shall the knowledge, not knowledge, so shall the knowledge of the glory of God cover the earth. You know what that tells me? That while God is releasing judgment on the wicked, the earth begins to open up. Hallelujah. With the revelation from years and centuries ago, anointings that were on prophets that we have read about Old Testament saints and New Testament saints martyrs who gave their blood for the glory of the Lord that are crying from the earth God said behold in fact I think I have it written down here it's in um, see if I can Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he has given you the former rain moderately. That's what we've been enjoying. But he said, get ready. Because I'm going to cause to come down for you the rain. The rain to Noah's generation was judgment. But to God's people, he said, I'm going to make it rain. I'm going to make the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. And your floors are going to be full of wheat. Your vats are going to overflow with wine and oil. I will restore to you the years that the locust that is eating the canker worm, the caterpillar, the palmer worm. And you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise 
praise the name of your God who has dealt wondrous with me and my people shall never be ashamed. Listen, it has to be this way. Violence had to fill the land. Evil has to be in the earth. Why? Because God prophesied. Jesus said, when I come back, I'm coming in a time when it looks like we lost, but the glory, all of a sudden, I'm going to open up the earth. I'm going to open up the heavens and the rain, the rain, the rain. You and I are getting ready to see something amazing. I know that they're going back to because they think I'm done. I ain't. <laughs> I probably got another 15 minutes in me yet. <laughs> What'd you say? All right. Thought that was Demetrius for a minute. <laughs> All right, the judgment that hit in Noah's day was unexpected. See, we keep thinking that we're going to see all kinds, you know, it's going to be great revival before God deals with the wicked, and we're going to have great breakthroughs and, and all of this, and we're going to have, you know, op operating in signs and wonders, and all of these things are going to be taking place, and they're just earmarks that Jesus is getting ready to come back. In the spirit to believers, that's true. But to the wicked, there is no warning. Because the Bible said the same day that it started raining, they were partying, having a good time, and had no clue all heaven was fixing to break loose. And then he em emphasizes that in Luke 17, and he says, and also as it was in the days of Lot, they had no clue that fire and brimstone was getting ready to fall out of the earth. Why? Because they were in control. They were happy. Everything was going their way. But can I tell you, to the wicked, it's a dangerous thing. When you got an Abraham and you got a Lot and you got a Noah in your environment. Because where there's a lot, hallelujah, and where there's a Noah, there is also a deliverance that is quick and instant because God will never, never, never forsake us. It is not over. It don't matter what the news says. It doesn't matter what the wicked say. It doesn't matter who gets voted in in 24. I just got news for you that God said, I'm getting ready to open up the heavens and I'm not just going to let it rain but I'm going to give you the former rain, the latter rain all together and it's going to be deliverance. And I've been called to task on this several times by the liberals because I have prophesied that there's a death angel getting ready to come to the earth. And it's going to deal with the wicked. 
When the Lord spoke of Israel, he called them. He said, Israel is my firstborn son. Why did God kill Pharaoh's firstborn son? Because Pharaoh was messing with God's firstborn son. So God said, I ain't going to have any of that. The church is the firstborn of God. To the church of the firstborn. You can't mess with Jesus' church in the earth and think you're going to walk away scot-free. I don't care if you control the Senate and the House and the Supreme Court. I don't care if you're Premier of Canada or you're Putin in Russia or you're the leader in China. When you start daring God and you start shaking your finger in God's face, what is man that thou are even mindful of him? God holds their breath in his hands. Hallelujah. Anytime God wants to, he can just do this. And they're gone. And the Lord, when he releases that judgment, see, all we've ever heard about is the mercy of God and the love of God. You know, Christians should love everybody. I don't, that's not in the Bible. You're supposed to love every soul, but you don't love everybody's ways. Let me rephrase that. You do need to love everybody in the, in, in the sense, but not their sin, not their ways. I will never sit down and have dinner if you're killing babies. Hallelujah. We don't buy into that. We stand for the things of the Lord. You hold up the freedom flag of the righteous and the Holy Ghost. And God is raising up bold people. It took some guts for a man, hallelujah, that was over 500 years old to take all the flack that he took when people walked by and looked at him and said, Hell, man, what you building? He said, I'm building an ark because it's going to rain. And they'd laugh. We ain't never seen that. Can I tell you, this generation has not seen divine healing. They've not seen an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. They've not seen Pentecost. But what are we doing today? I'm building an ark by the Spirit of the Lord. What are we doing in a prayer meeting? We're sawing boards and we're pounding nails. What are we doing in our quarterly fast? We're building an ark. Why? Because there is rain. There is rain getting ready to come. So when judgment came, it came quick. And God was dealing with seed. Now I have time to go into all this, but part of the reason that God preserved Noah was because he was the only ones left on the earth that had a pure bloodline that had not been mixed with fallen angels and the daughters of men. And the reason the enemy came down was he was trying to stop the bloodline of humanity from ever producing Jesus Christ. Because if it was tainted with the bloodline of the devil, then there could not have been a sinless man that came forth by the Spirit of the Lord. And Noah had kept himself pure. 
When it says he was perfect before God, same word that is used on animal sacrifices when it meant they were without blemish or spot and that they qualified to be a sacrifice in the sacrificial system. So God, hallelujah, sustains the bloodline in that the seed. And when judgment hit the earth, it was only on the wicked. But judgment began to elevate and begin to lift faith. And after one year, the Bible says that what he built, the ark, didn't rest in a valley, but it rested on a mountain. Hallelujah. It rested when he opened the door. He looked out. He had a vision to be able to see what God had accomplished. Can I tell you, the judgment that's coming on the wicked in the earth is lifting the church. It is lifting the church. We're coming up right now with all of this stuff you're seeing. The waters are rising. It is elevating the church. That when God is done, there's going to be a shift by the Holy Ghost. After the flood, and I believe totally it was global. God, he, he speaks to Noah before he ever, ever gets him in the ark. The last thing he told him was, he said, get the animals in the ark. Two by twos that are unclean and seven by seven that are clean. And he said, and all the bugs, because he said everything that creeps. What was God doing? <clears throat> he was preserving the seed of a harvest that was getting ready to happen again. And Noah puts all of that in this ark. There's three stories. Most theologians believe Noah lived on the top story. The animals lived on the second one, and all of the manure and everything was on the bottom one. Somebody had a bad job. <clears throat> but they were in there for a year. And there was only one door where right now what we're seeing in the earth is <clears throat> there is a push for a multiplicity of entrances into eternity. And if you don't embrace that concept, <clears throat> you're considered hate speech. But can I tell you, the ark was a type of the coming of the Lord. And there was one door. <clears throat> Jesus said this, I am the door. If any man enter any, any other way, he is the same <clears throat> as a thief and a robber. And what we're seeing this hour is there's a whole bunch of doors that somebody's trying to put in the kingdom of the Lord. And Jesus said, uh-uh. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man cometh to the Father except by me. And what we're seeing in this hour is there is an attack on the blueprint of the ark that God is building. Stay true to the design. Stay true to the pattern. Now, 
Don't get your little skill saw out and cut another door. But you hold on to how God said. Because if you want this boat to float in the middle of a flood of judgment, you better make sure that you build it according to the specs and the plans of the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> I want to make sure I cover my rest of my points here. All right, the ark rests on top. Noah can't get out of it because there's water everywhere. It rained for 40 days and 40 nights, but the earth was flooded for 150 days. Finally, Noah, he's wondering is it over? And the Bible says that he takes a dove and he looses that dove out and that dove flies around but it can't find any place for its foot. In other words, there was no place outside of the ark for the dove to rest. So the dove comes back to Noah into the ark. The dove is a type of the Holy Ghost. We know this, that when Jesus was getting ready to start his ministry, his supernatural ministry, the very first thing that happened was heaven opened. And a dove, the Holy Ghost, like a dove, set upon him, and it opened the heavens, and... God speaks, this is my son, hallelujah, in whom I am well pleased. And anointing comes upon Jesus Christ. One of the reasons why up until this point, at least in the United States, that we have not seen a real outpouring of the Spirit of God outside of the walls of the church. It's like, why is Hollywood evil? And why is the media evil? And why is the politicians and all of that so against the word of the Lord? It's because it is a place where judgment has fallen and there is no knowledge of the Lord. Because we know this, that before he sent the dove, he sent a raven. A raven is a scavenger bird. That raven never came back. Why? Because a raven feeds on dead animals. And everywhere out there, there was dead and rotting flesh. And so the raven didn't need to come back to the ark, which was a type of salvation, because it was satisfied with flesh. One of the reasons there's no people in the church like there should be is we got too many so-called believers that are satisfied with feeding on flesh and dead stuff with no move of the Holy Ghost, and they stay outside of the ark. But when you have the dove, hallelujah, when the dove. Finally, the Bible says that he sent him out again, and he came back with an olive branch, which is symbolic of the anointing of the Lord. And the dove left. Why? Because the dove found a place outside the ark to rest. Hear me by the word of God. I'm getting ready to loose the dove of the Holy Ghost that's going to go outside the four walls of the church, and it's going to settle down on the place where there used to be judgment 
Spirit and the glory, the glory, the glory and the anointing of God is being released in the atmosphere as it was in the days of Noah. So shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. God is sticking to the pattern. There has to be a release. When God did it, suddenly on the day of Pentecost, there was a sound from heaven and the Holy Ghost, what was it? The dove of the Holy Ghost settled down in that room. And so now we're in a setting where I, I personally believe that the ark has already rested. I believe that God has already begun to release that judgment. And we're fixing to see the aftermath of it. And that the church, hallelujah, is getting ready to leave. Come out of the four walls. When you go over, I think it's to the 8th to the ninth chapter. In fact, in Genesis, we'll just, I'll just go back to it real quick because it's such a type of what the Lord is doing. After the ark is opened, God says, go forth. Out of the ark, thy wife, thy sons, thy sons' wives with him. This is in 8 and verse 16. And bring forth with thee every living thing that is with thee of flesh, both of fowl and of cattle and of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, that they may breed abundantly in the earth, be fruitful and multiply upon the earth. So this is my final point. When I look at you today, and I look by faith <clears throat> at all of you who are watching, you know what I see? Seed. Amen. What God is getting ready to do, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. He's getting ready to release us. Because before Christ comes back, the parable <clears throat> of the tares and the wheat is the Bible says that the death angel comes first, removes all those tares who commit iniquity and offend, removes and throws them into judgment. And then, hallelujah, what happens is the wheat is gathered <clears throat> into the barn. There is seed in the atmosphere. This is what you and I are right now. This is what this is right now. This is seed. But we're getting ready to multiply. There is a multiplicity in the spirit realm that is getting ready to take place in the atmosphere. And God is going to release us out of the ark. And when God does that, it's going to happen in the stadium. It's going to happen in restaurants. It's going to happen in schools. Listen, for years, I have been, God's been saying prophetically that the glory of God was going to break loose in colleges. It was going to break loose in secular schools. It's going to break loose in fourth and fifth grade classrooms. 
rooms with children that have never received the Spirit of God. What is that? That is the release, hallelujah, of the preservation of what the Lord kept from judgment. So this idea that it's just going to get worse and worse and worse, no, it's not. There is a change coming. Hallelujah. Even the Lord said, as it was, that means that all hell's not going to break loose. The bottom's not going to drop out. There's not going to have a collapse of the electric grid, and there's not going to be a food shortage, and there's not going to be a water shortage. He said, all of a sudden, I'm going to show up in the midst of that, and I'm going to release the glory, the former and the latter rain together. We are just perhaps months away from God beginning to fulfill the completion of all of the things God could have picked. He picks a time when he said the earth was so bad that it exhausted his mercy. And he said, that's how it's going to be when the glory of God is released. That's how it's going to be. We're going to see God give us multi-million dollar buildings, property. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is trying to challenge the way that you think. God, break dead off of your people. Doesn't say anywhere in Noah went to the bank and borrowed money to build the ark. When he built it, it was paid for. Nobody repossessed it. Hallelujah. What am I doing? There's an atmosphere right now that's being charged with the Spirit of the Lord. Rain's beginning to fall in this building and across the earth as you're beginning to hear me by the Spirit of the Lord. I'm loosing in the name of Jesus the divine favor of God. We're loosing the prophetic fulfillment of the Word of the Lord right now. Lord Jesus, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. Why don't you begin to stand to your feet, and I want you just to begin to receive the Word of the Lord where our prayer partners come. All across the front, prayer partners, come on. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Suddenly, 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 God is a God of the suddenlies. You're in the midst of a posture of the suddenlies. Oh, hear me. Somebody's getting ready to have their house paid off, says the Lord, in the name of Jesus. The healing prophetic that was prophesied with Pastor Harry today, we're releasing that right now in the atmosphere, in the name of Jesus. I come against depression. I come against the demon of depression in the name of the Lord. Spirit of suicide. Spirit of heaviness. Spirit of discouragement. I break you in the name of Jesus. And oh, hallelujah. If you need a prayer partner, come on right now before we rest of us come. If you need a prayer partner to pray with you, come avail yourself in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Don't leave, I'll pray for you. How many getting a hold of what I'm preaching to you today?
the atmosphere just tells me that something great's getting ready to take place. All right, come on with me. Let's do what we do every Sunday. Let's stand across this fill up this front. And I want you to just begin to believe that God, hallelujah, is going to begin to release a fulfillment of the word of the Lord. You are seed. May God multiply you. May you be fruitful in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. arthritis, immune deficiency, and the drugs that they've given her for cancer. And she's believing God just to heal her body. Autoimmune. Autoimmune. What's your name? Say again. Amy. All right, Amy. Amy. Amen. All right. In that bloodstream and in that body. Now, I put the Word of God inside you. That from this day on, hallelujah, no more sickness, no more cancer drugs. That God, we speak over this autoimmune sickness. I command you in the name of the Lord, you will come out of Amy's body. And Lord, from this day on, hallelujah, we just begin to declare from her head to her feet. Lord, that there's a complete alignment with the spoken word of the Lord over her body and over her life. Now, Father, we praise you that it's already done. And Lord, we command the natural to line up with what the Spirit has already finished. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Pastor, this is Debbie. And she fell, and it damaged her heart in the fall. Her name is Debbie. She uh, she has heart issues. She fell and it damaged her heart. All right, let's give you a new heart. Amen. You need a new everything. You just need an overhaul. Hallelujah. Amen. Stretch your hands out towards the Lord in the name of Jesus. Now, God, I loose the power of God into her. That, Lord, from this moment on, she's going to have health as she can be in the kingdom of the Lord. 
God, that she's going to be fruitful and multiply in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, Lord. Every infirmity, we command it to leave your body, Debbie. In the name of the Lord, and I call it done. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. I'm undone by the mercy of Jesus. I'm undone by the goodness of the Lord. I'm restored and made right. He got a hold of my life. I've got Jesus. How could I want more? I'm undone. I'm undone by the mercy of Jesus. been a supporter of missions in China and so I want the missionary couple if you find your way over here we're going to lay hands on you and while they're coming we haven't taken up a missions offering in a long time so if you want to sow into their ministry they're going back to China which is under a really really bad government control uh, just make your checks to Regeneration Nashville you can just lay them up here on the uh, Mark, just put in the memo, China, and we'll give them every dime. How many of you know it costs a lot of money for missions? Here's what we're going to do. Either you can sew into them or we'll send you. <laughs> I said they can either sew into their ministry or we'll send them to China. And that don't mean you either. <laughs> Amen. All right, this is Terry and Sue Thurston. And Pastor Harry said we met years ago. Calvary. Amen. This is probably 25 years ago at least. Amen. Amen. Oh, man. Yeah. All right, let's stretch our hands out towards Terry and Sue. Hallelujah. Now, Lord, we just lay hands on choice servants of the kingdom of God. Lord, I thank you, hallelujah, that they've answered the clarion call. God, they've forsaken all things to pursue the kingdom of God. Now, Lord, go before them into China. God, go before them in China. Open up doors and avenues that have been closed for decades. Oh, Lord, 
God, a quick harvest, an abundant harvest. Hallelujah. The miraculous, the supernatural. God, favor with government officials that there should not be. Give them, Lord, Bible schools, orphanages, churches, the Holy Ghost. Now, Lord, we thank you, God. Lord, for your mantle of favor that's upon them. In the name of the Lord, God, we seal it today. In Jesus' name, we call it done. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Go ahead. Hallelujah. There was one word that Pastor Kent said over and over in this message today. Rest. Rest. I speak the rest of the Lord over you, over your family, over your mind. I take authority over the spirit of fear. I just, I just felt this. I heard this so loudly in the Holy Ghost all through this service. The thing that you fear shall not come upon you. It shall not come upon you. So let's just do a little warfare. In the name of Jesus, I bind every demonic force of fear. I take authority over fear. I bind fear. We pull fear down in the name of Jesus. Satan, the Lord rebuke you. Fear in Jesus' name. Fear of the future. Fear of premature death. Fear of lost finances. Fear, oh, oh, fear of rejection. I bind fear of rejection. I bind fear of the future. In the name of Jesus, I take authority over worry. I break worry in the name of Jesus. I just saw in the Holy Ghost somebody laying awake at night, worrying, worrying. I lay your hand on, if that's you, lay your hand on your chest. I break worry. I break fear. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost, prayer warriors. Pray in the Holy Ghost. I take authority over fear and worry and dread in the name of Jesus. I bind you in Jesus. Now I plead, I plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus. This is what I feel. Somebody gets up in the morning and there's a foreboding, melancholy spirit over your day and over your life. And I bind that thing. I come against it in the name of Jesus. That foreboding, melancholy sat. Oh, I touched a demon right there. Sadness. Every demon spirit of sadness. Come on, church. Pray. Pray in the Holy Ghost. The Lord is breaking some strongholds. In the name of Jesus, I plead the blood. We were made overcomers by the word of our testimony and by the blood of the Lamb. Somebody just start praying in the Holy Ghost. Somebody plead the blood of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I break fear of cancer fear of cancer I break that thing in the name of Jesus I break every generational curse of cancer in Jesus name I, I take authority over the fear of dementia the fear of lost memory. I break that. Man, I feel a demon spirit right there. Come on, church. Press in. Pray. In the name of Jesus. Fear of Alzheimer's. Fear of lost memory. Fear. In the name of Jesus. We break that thing and we lose the mind of Christ into you. The, the mind of Christ in Jesus' name. Man, I, God is breaking some things today. 
Why don't you give Jesus Christ a shout of praise? Give Jesus Christ the shout of praise. Hallelujah. We have a brother here. We have a brother here whose dad died at age 55 in his sleep of a massive heart attack. He never saw any, uh, any warning of it. He just died in his sleep at 55. This past week, this man found out he's standing in this room. I'm fixing to show you to him. This brother had, had a massive heart attack, and they went and did surgery. He was at prayer. That was this week. He went, he came to prayer yesterday. The man is in church here today. Where's Chuck? Where's Chuck? Huh? Where? I hear your voice. It's in the dark right there. I want you to give the Lord a hand, play, a hand clap of praise for him. Now the Bible says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And that thing that the enemy is trying to make you fear, it shall not come to pass in the name of Jesus. Every enemy is thwarted in Jesus' name. I speak the peace of God that passes understanding over your heart to guard your mind in Jesus' name. God, we just declare it so, and we give you the thanks, we give you the praise, we give you the glory in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Somebody just thank him. I was reading yesterday in the Word, I believe that it is uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And so I just had a great curiosity come over me. And I thought, wonder what that means, looking unto Jesus. And it means to take your gaze away from all distractions and gaze on him looking unto Jesus so take your eyes off your finances take your eyes off of what the doctor said take your eyes off of all distractions and fix your gaze on Jesus Christ hallelujah pastor Harry I want you to come and pray over us before we go I love you God bless you we'll see you next Sunday pastor Harry what a word today. Amen. How many can say amen to that? Well, I think the only thing left to do here is do what the Lord instructed the priest to do, and that is to bless the people. He said, bless them. We've been blessed, but here's the word of the Lord. May the Lord bless you. I want you to receive that. May the Lord bless you and keep you turn his face to you and give you peace. How many receives the peace? Pastor Candy just said, and the word of the Lord. Amen. Come on. Let's give him praise one more time in this house. Amen. Amen. I want to remind you that we've got podcasts, Pastor Candy on Tuesday, Pastor Ken on Wednesday, Marvelous Women on Thursday. There's probably something Friday, Saturday. I know there is next Sunday. 
right? So I want to encourage you to make yourself available to all that, some tremendous teaching and preaching. So we love you. We're going to let you go. Be blessed in the name of the Lord. Amen.